0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the Head of Content at B2B Marketing and Propolis, which is the global community for B2B marketers. And I'm joined today by none other than Sarah Sutton, who alongside her day job as a uh, CMO of SEN Technology, is one of our joint winners at the 2023 B2B Marketing Award. So Sarah, welcome and congratulations.
1: Thanks very much. Really great to be here. Thanks for asking me onto the show.
0: Absolutely. So how, how was the night? How did you, uh, did you celebrate? Did you have a good time?
1: It was brilliant. I mean, you always do put on really good events and um, and I've been along as a guest and this was a very special night for me. I, it was unexpected, the win. Um, And, yeah, all pretty surreal and wonderful and, yes, had some lovely celebrations afterwards.
0: Fantastic. Well, we're going to get into, you know, your career to date, some of the highs and lows, um, your sort of approach as a marketer and all that. But just a very quick shout out before we do to Ryan Armand, who is the Global ABX Director at Henkel, because he's also the the joint winner of the award. So if you want to hear more from Ryan, we did actually record an episode uh, just a couple of months ago, and it's still very, uh, very relevant. Just as, um, just as insightful as it as it was when we recorded. So please do check that out. So, Sarah, um, let's talk about your your sort of career to date in in B two B marketing. How did you get started in the first place?
1: I think like many B two B marketers, um, we fall into it. Um, I had an opportunity to move into a Quite a junior marketing comms role, and um, and then just from from then on, I worked with some really good managers and mentors. At the time, I was working in a large tech company that was fairly acquisitive, so we had lots of activity. We were rebranding, we were crafting out um, new roles within marketing, we were starting to dabble with digital, we were blending together content and PR, and so I moved across and and I became what I now see as a generalist mm. and uh, many starting marketing careers now go into specialisms and, um, and 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 I've got the ability to really understand what all the disciplines are and how they hang together. A couple of those I'm particularly um, skilled at which is more around brand, content, storytelling um, but some of the the digital side is probably a an, an area where I've relied on talent in my team, and um, and I've just been really fortunate that I've I think I've just been in the right place at the right time, um, and been able to really provide business benefit and I think that's what helps you stand out as a marketer yes we need creative flair we need brilliant storytelling we need data-driven analysis but you've got to be able to drive business impact and when you do and you show the value of what you're doing in marketing that elevates the role and and that's really helped me progress up the career channel Um, when I left that um, a technology company I worked for five years as a marketing consultancy and I had a lovely I had a lovely client base and I had different clients so I really had a good breadth of applying strategic marketing skills with a range of companies from sort of startup scale up to enterprise uh, and then I had the opportunity to join Send which will which we'll delve into.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So, I mean, obviously, you are a CMO. Do you think it's important for CMOS to be a a generalist, or do you think you can end up in that sort of role if you've got, you know, a, a much more sort of narrow focus?
1: I think you can grow into a CMO from a number of different places, and I, I don't think it's off limits to to anyone. But I, I would say what you've got to be able to do, even if you've got deep domain experience in one discipline, you've got to be able to talk about commercial value and you've got to be able to bring bring all the work you and your team are doing to the surface in a way that um, drives business impact so wherever you wherever you've come from it could be from um, you know more of a, a, a Copy content, um, or you know, com side. Um, I know some really great um, CMOs who are more marcoms, um, or it, you could you come with more of a, a digital marketing mindset. Um, and I also know some really great CMOs who've come and made that change from B two C to B two B. And so I don't think anything's off limits, but I I do think you've got to be able to, um, you've got to be able to talk about the value of marketing in a way that helps the executive team and the board really buy into what you're doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you had to kind of sum up your philosophy as a B2B marketing leader, do you think that's really what it's all about? It's all about everything's got to work towards very clear you know, business. It's got to generate revenue, basically.
1: It, it does. And uh, I, I am very aligned and have been in previous roles to Where's the business going and how does marketing support the business? Um, I think philosophy-wise, I'm very much a collaborative leader and I like to bring in experts that understand what they do really well and then empower them and trust them to get on and do the work that they're going to do. I mean, B2B marketing is there's no silver bullet. It's the sum of the parts. And you need to think carefully about all the breadcrumbs that you're leaving on the trail. And um, I like to work with really smart people in, in those disciplines and, and help them thrive. And I think one of the other philosophies I have is um, is thinking more around sort of one revenue engine with s- with um, sales mm. and customer success and and being a strong ally. I'd like to see more of that um, tension being removed between sales and marketing and thinking about the lines are blurred now. I mean, let's face it, you know, marketing, buyers buy differently. We're moving into a world where um, uh, buyers look And understand and search for solutions and want answers long before you even know who they are they know about you and marketing's leaning into what would have been more of the traditional sales funnel and and, I mean we could have a deep dive conversation about funnel itself but there's blurred lines and I and I take an approach of just working very collaboratively with those different being a good ally I guess to Mm. sales and customer success and how are you all supporting each other you're all Working towards that revenue goal, yeah, um, and 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 you'll each pay your own part, and there will be handoffs, um, but it's 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 how do you collectively achieve that?
0: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, from your own kind of personal experience, are, are there any kind of tips or advice you have for our listeners in terms of how to build that relationship, particularly with sales, and um, you know, really develop a, a collaborative relationship?
1: So, I think it's it's always. With any of the with any of the relationships you're trying to build in your business, it's about understanding what's driving that person, what are the motivators, and and where's the common ground. Um, it's it's about having open conversations. It's about looking for um, ways of working together that enable you to maybe think differently. It's it's also about challenging. So I do think it's a case of um, uh, being probably pragmatic but also um, helping to illuminate maybe where where you think you can work differently I think it's about um, a, a, a lot of the sales people that I work with particularly very strong sales leaders they get the value of marketing they've worked with good marketers they understand how that um, relationship can work well and um, I think you're talking to the converted in that way, but there'll be many, there'll be many of your listeners who there may still be that, that tension, healthy tension or otherwise with, with sales and marketing. And I, I, I would encourage those listeners to be carefully thinking about the common goals and Mm. yes, um, you know, you'll have in marketing, we're obviously very interested in tons and tons of of metrics and we can just about measure and understand everything that's not what your sales team's going to be interested in so it's it's how do you find common ground and then how do you collectively work pulling on the levers and strengths of the individuals in those teams to work to that towards that common ground
0: fantastic so we're going to move on and talk about um you know why you won the the joint winner of uh, b2b marketer of the year um, and because you've won that award I think we all know your credentials as obviously a really really great marketer but before we do I want to know about some of the stuff in your career that maybe hasn't gone to plan is there ever a time it could be 10 years ago it could be 20 years ago it could be whenever but is there ever a time as a marketer we tried something it didn't work and you kind of learned something from that experience? Oh I think
1: we're learning and growing all the time aren't we And and even now especially now where we're needing to fail fast and be agile and pivot and we've got we've always got to have that learner mentality and I, I think actually if you if you move away from that you 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 lessen your impact as being a, a strong marketer i've made tons of mistakes and those have probably the, been the best things that have that have happened to me um, you know i've worked for a listed business where we've had to be very commercially sensitive about what information we send out and as as marketers i we we've absolutely got to be um, double-checking every single thing that we do. And we have to be obsessive about, about our copy and what we're writing. And, you know, I've probably made some clangers around stuff that we've sent out. And we're so visible, aren't we, mm. in marketing, you know? And, and that's why everybody thinks they're a marketer, because they all, you know, in, in the business, everyone's got an idea about, you know, what they think that LinkedIn post should say. Or, yeah. But, you know, it's very visible what we do. Um, I've had some low moments personally where I struggled when I came back from um maternity leave i i still think there isn't enough awareness and support for um parents returning and and just the impact of of what that is um i've struggled more recently with um um i'm i'm sort of mid 40s now i'm in bang in my perimenopause phase and it's difficult and it's confusing and it's um it's a it's a time in um, a woman's life that we need to talk about more and we need more awareness to support women who are going through a transition Um, so that there are definitely some low moments that just come with you know coping with kind of changing hormones Um, but I think in terms of um, failures I when I reflect on um, we've had some what I've thought of brilliant creative ideas that um, we've done the homework on you know we've done um, the emotional storytelling, and then it hasn't resonated as well as we th- as we thought it mm. would. Um, I also think we've probably failed to move quickly in some areas, and that's something I I think we all need to think about more now. As we um, as we've got so much data and, ana- and analysis available, there's a um, the, you know there's a sense that we you know, we should be able to delve really deeply and understand customer behavior and sentiment. And, and you can get caught in the data Mm. and you can miss the window. And I think sometimes we just need to try something. Um, Most new products that don't come that come out don't succeed immediately. But you need to get them out and you need to test them and you need to get feedback. So I think in some cases, I might have been slow to get Things out where I've just wanted them to be really well thought out. Um, it's a hard line to walk because you do need to think things through thoroughly and make sure that they've got big impact. Um, and and then I think maybe um, a failure in terms of not showing the value of marketing strongly enough. Where I've just assumed because um, uh, I know what's going on and the team knows what's going on that. The rest of the company does, and mm. I don't think I've been strong enough in being maybe an internal communicator around the value of marketing, and I I think that's really important for any marketer today to be to be constantly helping teams around you learn and understand not just what you're doing but why you're doing it, and be proud of the achievements your team your team are um, is making, and um, and but, but be thoughtful about what does this mean from a business impact and always finding opportunities to illustrate the business impact that your team's making.
0: Yeah. So a few challenges along the, the career journey, but all's well that ends well. So um, we can see that, you know, from your campaign, that was part of the reason why you won the market of the year, um, was, which was titled Love Underwriting. This campaign generated millions in annual recurring revenue. So my question, very, very bluntly, how did you do it?
1: So, went back to basics. Um, when I joined Send, we had we had a product that we had implemented at a very large insurer, so we had strong product market fit, but we had no brand awareness, no pipeline, um, and the product that we sell is an underwriting tool, so it helps a particular part of the insurer ecosystem, and it's a part of the insurance chain that has been largely underserved many insurers haven't automated and streamlined underwriting processes um so the timing of what we brought out that there's power in our product a huge power and um and functionally proven and it's and the ui is incredible but it's actually the timing of what we brought out is hyper relevant Mm. to an industry that hasn't um invested so that we we were we were we were in that perfect place at a perfect time, but to capture the imagination, uh, we came up with an emotional storytelling um, around our tool, which is an AI-powered tool that helps underwriters get back to doing the work they love. So we take away a lot of the manual friction. We do a lot of the data analysis and enrichment and things that underwriters spend tons of their time on um, and we help them get back to doing what they love, which is analysing risk, spending time with their brokers. So we called it Love Underwriting and it really resonated with with the underwriting community and I think it it illustrated um, beyond when you talk about features and uh, of a product, and it really hit home with that the the impact of what it can do. Um, but it was at a time in the market where we had a very good product, and and a market that needed changing. So there was a combination. In terms of the campaign itself, it was pretty it was pretty straightforward in terms of tactics. So we had very good imagery, straplines, kind of storytelling. Uh, LinkedIn is our prime audience. We're a, you know we're we're it predominantly that's the channel that we use. Um, we had a couple of very good anchor content pieces that we built built campaign activity around. And then we just did usual tactics. You know, we had digital ad outreach, we had email nurturing, um, we had social. And and then we, we also had um, several events where we had booth activity and, and supporting um Sort of a uh, surround sound at those booths, so it was a combination – Like I said, it's not the silver bullet. It's a combination of things that we we were then starting to get a, a the, the the trickle that then became more than a trickle of inquiries coming in. Um, and we're now in a really good position that we've got a lot of inbound inquiries. And um, but it takes time, so it it's also a long buying cycle within. Yep. Um, this industry. So you have to capture the imagination and then you have to sustain it and nurture it and, um, and, and support that buying journey as much as possible. So the marketing team that I've got, I was a marketer of one for a long time and I had small agencies that I, that I relied on. And then when we got our funding at the end of December last year, I've built out um, a marketing team, but we've, um, we, we've moved more into just thinking about how we bring in sort of new logos, but how we do deal acceleration. So when I talk about that being a good ally to sales, it's really leaning in and thinking the best thing for our business is hitting that revenue number. So I can be brilliant and say, well, here's all my MQLs, but if they haven't got over the line, the business impact isn't there. So we've got to be able to work through how can we speed up the buying decision, what other... um, insights can we provide to help customers build the business case and so marketing's really leaning in to, to support sales um, and, and then we're a land and expand company so it goes beyond just the original sale and that's one of the key things I think many of us probably need to be smarter at is thinking about how you not only bring in that initial revenue but how how you then look to to grow your your customer base and your customer community?
0: Yeah, and do you think that kind of upselling or, or cross selling aspect is that something that requires a slightly different approach, or is it still the same sort of fundamentals? You know, telling a story, being being emotional, like you said at, at the beginning of your your answer.
1: It it's. I think it's a lot of the same foundations, but you've got the benefit around that customer marketing lens is you understand their landscape so much better. They've opened up, you know, you're pretty close to them, you understand business challenges, you probably understand more about the politics. So you're able to make more relevant and put in front of them, I guess, more relevant um, information, ideas, insights, and you can tailor it a lot more to people you know, to personalize how your solution is really going to um, accelerate what they're wanting to do in their business, but the fundamentals obviously still the same. It's just with a with a with a I guess, kind of just a sharper lens. Mm.
0: Is there's a challenge I think in that sometimes you know, as the business selling something, we want our customers to do a certain thing. You know, we want them to click this, you know, click on a certain white paper, or we want them to do the demo or whatever it might be. But sometimes there's a gap in that the people we're trying to reach actually don't want to do that. Um, Is that something you've kind of faced in your role? And how do you how do you sort of adapt your marketing to that? Do you have to sort of change what you do according to your customer or do you try and get them to do what you want them to do? Ultimately,
1: I think it's a bit of a blend. I mean, sometimes you've got to take people along with you, but. Ultimately, you've got to really understand where customers are and you've got to show up where they are. And if we're moving more into the world of um, self-serve in B2B where customers are expecting, um, for example, um, pricing is available to them. Frictionless demos are available. They can get their hands on the product. You know, that's how they want to buy. That's how we probably make decisions in our personal lives and their expectation is even though this is an enterprise product sale I still want to be able to learn as much about the product before I engage with someone in your sales community. So I think we've got to understand what the customer wants always and, and as marketers, we're, we're one step removed often because it's the sales community who gets mm-hmm. to really spend time with, with prospects and then customers or your customer success. So you've got to have really good um, internal um, uh, feedback loops so that the voice of the customers represented well to marketing but marketers themselves have to really be curious and alive to what's going on with customer communities and and where possible immerse in those communities but i do think there's a you know with with send and what we've been able to do we've been we've educated our customers on a new product in a new category that's helping them do business differently and drive results. And we've had to work really hard to build up that education. And not all of those those prospects are going to be um, in a buying cycle. And that's another aspect for marketers, and probably something we all f- need to think better about for next year is doubling down on the five to ten percent of a of your of your universe that are ready to buy. And then you've got focused. Laser-like approach with those, and then more of a nurturing approach with um, with with others who are interested and uh, might hand raise at some point, but they know that their business isn't at that point of readiness yet.
0: Yeah, of course, and we can see in your um, case study that you you mentioned that there was a degree of education required, not just for the customers, but also for you know the the team at Send Technology. Uh, particularly around, you know, what does good marketing actually look like? How did you actually sort of educate the team around what good marketing looks like? And how was that received?
1: So when I came on board at Send, um, <coughs> the three founders approached me. They'd seen work I'd done at a previous company. They had an idea that we could go somewhere with with the Send product. What did I think? And when I looked under the hood, I got really excited because I could see how... Um, what an impact the product would make! But then I got an even bigger. Um, uh, I, I guess I got more excited when I met the team, and and that's one of the reasons I really love working at Send is the is the team that I work with. But our three founders are are techies, you know they they sort of um, don't don't hide that they don't have experience in the marketing world, um, so they didn't have um, awareness of the breadth of marketing, and I think that's often the case. You know, the the there is a view perhaps through our. Consumer lens that marketing is about advertising and marketing is about um, uh, you know ads being delivered up to us. But in the B two B community, there isn't there's such a breadth of the way that you think about. Your, your brand and support that with content and comms and how you work with your customers on advocacy and influences and how you think about bringing in digital techniques to support your campaigns and the social side. And I work in a software company, so we have to look at the product marketing side. I Over time, the, the executive team that I worked with really got a sense of the building blocks that were needed to make... Um, to, to really lay the foundation for a marketing function and to lay the foundation for building a brand and generating leads that we were not going to jump straight into uh, Google Ads in our first week. We were going, that might be a tactic, we eventually got to, and maybe that's helpful or not, uh, since proven, probably not. But um, we, I worked with them to really think about initially what our brand story was and and then what are all the what are all the plate the pieces that we need and we couldn't do that all in one so it's evolving um, for me as well I'd worked in a corporate company before so getting involved in a startup where you get really scrappy you get your hands dirty you you're stuck in the data you're really trying to piece things together but you're also being strategic and planning and presenting to the board you've got to swing between between mm-hmm. you know those those two ends of the spectrum um, but I think I think for for anyone else who's in that position it's it's the it's the evidence you know yes you can say these are the things we need to do this is what marketing can do but it's it's the evidence that really yeah. builds the trust and it's the impact of those decisions and it's when you know when your prospects come to you and say Oh, yes, I'm you know, th- yes, they might click book a demo and that's y- yes, that might show you that your SEO is working, but they then say, oh, actually, I heard you on a podcast and I read your article and you know I saw your booth last year and I've heard about you you know that's when we realize the breadcrumbs that we're putting out their work and, and our executive team are really bought into the, the breadth of what we need to do to create this this um, awareness with our with our prospect community. And, and to engage and excite, uh, it's the different levers that you've got to pull.
0: Yeah, sure thing. One thing I'm interested to learn in a little bit more about is the, the kind of role of marketing within an organisation, because I think, you know, historically, it, it's a very simplified view of it, obviously, but you would give marketing some money and it was go out there, advertise, get the, get the name out there in a very simplistic way. Obviously, nowadays, marketers are constantly collecting more and more data from various channels, various touch points, and in many ways, they have the they are the kind of owner of the, the voice of the customer. They they really understand what the customer wants, where they're operating, you know, when they're interested in buying, all of these kind of things. And obviously that's not just going to impact the marketing you do, but it's also going to presumably impact the product or the service that you're selling. So do you find that as is, is your role as a CMO now, that you are having a say in the direction of the product itself as well? Uh,
1: yes, and I... I think that's um, that's probably maybe easier with the environment that I work in and the teams that I that I work with, um, maybe than at, at other maybe more enterprise businesses where it's maybe more segmented. We're still quite a close collaborative um, team, and we share and we've got quite safe spaces where we where we're we're really, um, I guess, uh, looking looking at things through different lenses. I think one of the one of the big decisions I made when I when we got our series a funding and I looked at the different roles that I wanted to bring into my team um, our growth uh, opportunity and and our biggest biggest uh, market is North America and I I bought a VP of marketing who's going to look at drive driving marketing in North America but my second hire was a product marketing manager and um, and my third hire is going to be a revOps manager and um, uh, those those three roles I've filled above a lead gen demand campaign uh, role because I've wanted to focus on well, uh, the territory that we're growing in, getting the – the value proposition really clear through our product marketing role and understanding competitor landscape and how we differentiate. And then the RevOps is really about understanding how all of the the data and the leads and the pipeline activity, um, how we can get that working efficiently. And I wanted to get that all in before we then brought in a demand gen, lead Mm. gen. So what it means is because we've got – insights through 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 our product marketing role. Um, we've got we've got a, a community in Send around focused around product growth and marketing's got a voice within that. And I we we're a product led company and we've we've also been led by our customers where they want to grow, features they want, you know, how we build them into our roadmap. Um, I'd like to think in time we'll move to being more of a market marketing-led business where we can be talking more about what's coming. Um, But I think all marketers should, especially when you work in a software product-based business, get as close to influencing that direction of the product and really understand what what the product team is working on. I I would encourage anyone to spend time with, with, with that community.
0: Fantastic. Well, I think we've got time for one final question. We'll start to uh, wrap things up. So there's obviously tons of new technologies and buzzwords out there. um, And marketing is, I think it's fair to say, particularly guilty of this. Um, And, you know, as always, I think part of the game, if you like, is figuring out what is actually worth pursuing, what is a a good kind of point of reference, and what is really just hype or or fiction even. So from your own sort of personal point of view, what do you think is going to be different for marketers in 2024, or do you think really it's the same thing? It's just about a slow evolution.
1: Um, I I don't know if trends move in the calendar way that we like to talk about them. I do think many of them blur, but in the year. I mean, if you if you think about the impact of Gen AI and and what we're talked about with um, you know in Open AI and um, released Chat GPT, we we're we're going to that's going to evolve very very quickly we're going to be talking about different large language models in the future and think differently about how marketers are going to embrace and use and and i think one of the one of the trends is yes we 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 probably are all we probably all think everybody knows what they're doing with Gen AI, but actually the reality is we're all trying things, we're learning, we're growing. So I do expect there's probably going to be more um, activity in that area, but coupled with that, there's going to be the flip side, which is how can brands show more authenticity? Mm. So um, it's about how you can humanize um, the the outreach that you have and. Um, and I think alongside that, customers are looking for genuine insights. So we're, we're things that you can create that stand out and resonate with depth and clarity. So I think we're going to see moving away from the volume of content, moving towards the more impactful um, value-based content pieces. Um, I, I think there's always going to be a laser light focus on the accounts that we know can we can really drive forward and I expect there'll be more tech ideas around how we support abm and, and, and abx um, I think also that there'll be more um probably investments into this the rise of the self-service customer and how we help them um get their hands on the product at an early stage um, and then one of the things which I know some Tech um, companies do extremely well is create the community, uh, the user community, and and I think all of us should be thinking about how we invest and build in a connected community that define niche that gives members value, easy to join, safe space to connect. I think that's when you'll have the that's when you'll be able to bring the the user lens together with with the authentic conversation that's when you'll be able to have the human-based conversations around um the impact of what you're doing the changes your your customers want to see um and 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 how your community can help take your product in a in a different direction
0: absolutely and as you've mentioned community uh it would be Uh, A shame if I didn't mention Propolis, which is our uh, global community for B2B marketers. So for everyone listening, this community offers expertise, intelligence and insights. So on a practical level, that means you can um, ask questions from our our panel of experts who will answer you um, in in just a few hours. You can book consultancy services with them to help your kind of biggest, deeper challenges. We also have a full data dashboard of marketing metrics called the Community Index. Um, And this provides all the data on the key uh, sort of parts of any of any marketing strategy, think budget, spend, um, return on investment, all of those kind of figures. So, and there's much more to it as well. So I'll let, you, uh, we'll leave a link, sorry, in the description if everyone wants to, wants to check that out. But Sarah, thank you very much for joining me. I'm gonna leave you on a quote from uh, Andy Moss, CEO at Send, uh, which is in the case study, which says, Sarah is an outstanding marketing leader who has been instrumental in shaping the way we tell our story at Send. Sarah has a stellar reputation, not only within the Sen team, but also with our customers, partners and peers. She brings a unique ability to understand the needs of our customers and the market and to translate that into a compelling story that resonates with our audience. I'm proud to work with her and I wholeheartedly endorse her for achievements in both our organisation and the broader insurance world. So I think that's a great place to leave it. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having me. Really great chatting to you today. Thank you.
0: Cheers. Bye.